Oh, so episode 100, Lucas. It is, and we've got fucking zero things prepared. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, we could have a drink when we did this, but we're streaming tonight, and then we're out really early tomorrow. Yeah. Because we are in person, um, uh, you know, a rarity these days, but we've managed to pull it off. And uh, yeah, 100 episodes, even though it's like, I want to say like 90 in the archives. Uh, no, I think there's actually maybe more than 100 because of the QA episodes. I'm not quite sure how it oh, okay. balances out. Which is like, I think, this is, by our tally, this is episode 100, and I look forward to being told, no, it's not. Because <laughs> if the internet and making this podcast and all this other content for all this time has taught me anything, it's just that you will never be able to say anything with enough confidence or enough knowledge of a subject that you won't get corrected. No, I mean, we're living in a world where there's just, you know, people with doctorates in subjects being told that they're wrong about vaccines. So, you know. <laughs> so, if, if the people are willing to be that confidently incorrect about something that requires a medical degree and 10 years of training. Yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who are going to be um, willing to correct me on something as minor and inconsequential as the numbering on a podcast. Yeah, and like uh, apologies in advance because like we're recording this after the podcast usually goes live because the day the podcast goes up is like when I'm traveling and we're and literally going to get it uploaded straight away afterwards. And you have to travel quite a bit. But you did just have quite an interesting experience here at Big Wangers HQ. Did I you did, not? I did, yeah. Tell the audience, because you just mentioned this, you came and I was like, you should have said that on the podcast, because <laughs> that is great. Uh, no, I was just like, you know, walking past, had to go relieve myself, and then the cleaning lady was there, because again, like, we've been, I've been traveling today, so we're recording late. Um... It just walked past and was up. Like, just by the way, like, is the the name of the company like that's on the door? Like, is that what you wanted to call the company? So, to clarify, uh, it does say in massive block text on the front of our like, on the front of the building, like Big Wangers HQ. So um, they have like the list of all the um, businesses that are registered in the building, mm-hmm. and I insisted they put mine in all caps. Yeah. So mine says that, and then on our door is our logo, Big Wangers Incorporated Limited, which is shaped like a penis, <laughs> with the big B for the balls, and then just a stylized uh, circle at the end to make it look like um, uh, a gentleman's end. Yeah, and uh, just she was very curious, just like, I, I wasn't sure, because I kept mis- misreading it. <laughs> And like, I can't think, she obviously, you know, she was a bit more uh, polite about the, she didn't want to say the word, but she, she kept reading it as big wankers. That's so funny. And it's just like, oh, I had to come back in and tell Carl. I was just giggling to myself because she was lovely about it. Don't get me wrong. That's the thing. I called really... it that because it's funny. Yeah. It's, I could have called it anything because this is a, a, a dirty secret of the internet where any creator um, who has any sort of following will be a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for example Lucas you are incorporated as a company well I am not but I do have a company okay. that I control yes yeah so essentially uh, that's what you get paid via when mm-hmm. you do work in relation to the channel when you do work in relation to this podcast and it's one of those things it's just, it helps from like, for, for tax purposes it helps from just like a legal standpoint a liability, a liability standpoint uh, because um, it shields your personal assets yeah. for example if big wangers are um, uh, fact being, I should say, the channel. If we ever did something on the channel that pissed someone off and they sued us, mm-hmm. or sued me, um, because I'm the owner of the channel and the business, they would sue the business and not myself, so they wouldn't be able to um, like sue to gain any access to any of the assets that I have. Yeah, and it would be one of those things of, oh, well, they could sue you for the money in the company and the assets owned by the company, but they couldn't like 
rake you over the coals. Yeah, they couldn't get anything that I personally own or bought with my money. Mm-hmm. And um, even though, like, and this is one of those weird things, I'm a company, I'm a company of one person. Yeah. Like, Big Wangers HQ is a company that exists on paper and has an owner, Carl Smallwood. But it also has an employee, Carl Smallwood. And I pay myself a wage from a company that I own and mm-hmm. I have to fill in two tax forms every year. I fill in a tax return for my business and a tax return my personal taxes which says that my source of income is a company owned by myself and it's one of those things that it makes no sense but that's how it works yeah and seemingly you know like my company gets paid by carl's company that which then pays me and it's just one of those things of like it's just as carl said for a lot of different reasons it's the way it should be done it makes things a lot easier and you think it'd be easy if i just paid lucas a set amount but um, we're good friends in real life. But mm-hmm. if that wasn't the case, it opens you up to this legal like minefield mm-hmm. where the moment money starts changing hands between individuals, there's no um, protection there for you. Yeah. So uh, to bring you back to the point I made earlier, like every big YouTuber, big creator, anyone on any platform that is making a decent amount of money will be incorporated as a business, even if they don't tell you that they are. Because yeah. that's the smartest way to do it. And I'm guessing that anyone who's earning any sort of money on um, any platform will have spoken to a financial advisor and they've given the same advice I got, which is be a company. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment I spoke to an accountant, it was like, well, yeah, I'll set you up a company. Then you can be like the owner of the company and then you'll get like taxed differently and you'll get benefits and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for example, with this office that... Um, because I technically count as a small business, because I'm a business of one person and I have turnover below three million pounds. Because that's what you need to be to be a small business in the UK. Less than three million pounds and less than, like, I think, like 20 employees. I don't know the exact figures on it, but because of that, I was entitled to a rebate on what I paid for the office. Right, yeah. So, because we, I was paying money for an office that I literally could not go into for like eight months. Mm-hmm. So, I got all of the rent that I paid and all the tax that I paid on it refunded to my account. Yeah, fair. and that's not something I could have done if I was an individual. Mm-hmm. Because I was an individual, it's like, well, you're just a mate, like you're just a guy renting an office. You've got no right as a person, but as a company, you do. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's depressingly accurate. Of like, companies have more rights than people do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where um, I, because I technically exist as both a company and an individual, the version of myself that is on paper a company has so much more. Um, uh, ability to bend the law and um, uh, tax and stuff to its own whim and it feels really bad sometimes yeah yeah and it is really weird when both calls are in the office at the same time like very strange (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things that I have to sometimes sign things as a business owner yeah yeah so I have to like stop and think about that okay all right, I'm signing this as the business owner and I have to like, I have a different signature for that. Oh, uh, right, okay. So yeah. that I know because if I'm the only person who can sign off on stuff. Because I had to call up to get a new business card recently. And they're like, okay, so who are you calling on behalf of? The business. And uh, who owns it? I do. Okay, do you give permission for me? It's like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing you have to do. It's one of those things that technically they have to ask you the question as stupid as it sounds. But the idea that you would call them up as the owner of the company to then ask for a business card to then tell them on the phone that you do not give them permission to give out a business card. It's like, it's such a stupid thing, but just for legal purposes, they have yeah. to ask. It's one of those things. And um, uh, I've mentioned that before, and I had um, uh, people, like, I think I mentioned on a stream, what's like, oh, they wouldn't do that. Like, you know, um, why would you do this? Because it makes you more money. Mm-hmm. And it, do you look at, do you, do you honestly look at all the YouTubers who are like cramming their videos full of ads? Um, like taking every sponsorship that comes their way and just min-maxing the shit out of their 
earnings, do you really think if they were presented with the opportunity to make more money, they'd turn it down? And you'd realistically be stupid not to. We both did it. Like, at the end of the day, if somebody goes, well, you could do this, and by just proxy of having a company earn more money from it and be in a better situation legal-wise and everything, like... Yeah, of course you're going to do it. It also Why makes not? some things um, a lot easier to pass through. This is like, it sounds, I, I'm aware that this might sound a bit boring, but it's very interesting to me that, uh, for example, this office in front of me now, there's a PC, there's a TV, there's a mini fridge. All of that was purchased as business expenses. Mm-hmm. And I have to run some of the stuff by My accountant is very smart. And uh, when I was saying, well, could I buy a mini fridge for the office? Because I was thinking, does that count as a business expense? You know, yeah, entertaining clients. Yeah. As long as we can, like, the only thing is, as long as you can justify it to a tax man, or if like, they have a query it. You know, having, say, for example, me in the office, Yeah, you're then providing, like, a fridge for me to use, yeah. So I was like, can I use money to go to, like, you know, buy milk and bread and stuff like that? And it's like, we well, can't use it to buy stuff to make sandwiches, I guess, but, like, milk and, buy milk and cups of coffee and stuff like that, that's fine, yeah. Yeah. Just, like, that's discretionary, it's like, you know, um, entertaining clients. Like, what about a TV? I went, yeah, well, you make videos, you need to check them, mm-hmm. you need TV. So I've got a better TV in the office than I've got in my fucking house. It's really annoying. Yeah, and that's I wasn't in the office like, for eight months. Um, personally, I, I don't um, do it. But technically, because I am somebody who's like listed as just like, you know, creating content for like entertainment and stuff. And that includes doing things like playing games on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Like Technically, I'd be allowed as a company to be like, yeah, I'm going to buy all my games through my company. Mm-hmm. But it's just something I don't bother with because it's just like a bit of an effort. When and you I have to fill it, yeah. It. You have to get all the receipts. And then if you ever did get uh, called in by the tax man, it's like, it's sometimes, some of the stuff's not worth it, but some of it is. And I know of people who've absolutely rinsed this shit. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, my accountant, whenever we go out for a meal, or whenever we meet up, um, uh, uh, I always tell him, uh, do you have any advice my company says to keep doing what you're doing so that I can pay for the meal? Mm-hmm. Because technically, then he that was a that was bi- a business meeting. It was a business yeah. meeting. I don't do that all the time. I do it for him because he saved me so much fucking money. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I feel so bad. Like I messaged him earlier saying, "Yeah, I've, I've had to apply for another business card." I said, Why? I, went, um, I forgot the pin. So how do you forget the pin? You're the only one who has it. I went, "Yeah, but I never used the business card because <laughs> it's just in my wallet, and I accidentally used it in the shop because it's just it just looks the same as my other card. Oh, right, yeah. And I used it in the shop, got it wrong three times. Because uh, I didn't realise, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's the business card. Oh, no. <laughs> it got cancelled there in the shop. Oh, bollocks, no. Owner of a successful company, <laughs> Success- ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't remember his own pin number. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Just call him up, though. It's like, what's the name of the business, sir? It's like Big Wangers Incorporated Limited. And every time I say it, I hear the same thing down the phone. <laughs> yeah. and just, Every time. I remember that moment where, again, like, you know, I spoke to an accountant when I was starting all this up and started like doing earning money through the podcast is when I initially spoke to somebody and it's like okay so like what will you be doing is that well podcasts and like some YouTube stuff it's like right and you can just see the gears working in the head of like trying to figure that one out to start with mm-hmm. and it's like okay and are you gonna be like making money off this it's like well yeah because I'll be getting paid by my friend's company it's like right and what companies are that like making notes and I'm like big one is incorporated <laughs> Sorry, what? That's why I do it's it. It's like big wangers. That's He's exactly like, why I do it. And just didn't say anything, just nodded their head like, yeah, okay. That's just why I nodded, do it. Just nodded, jotted it down. It's like, yeah. That's why I do that. It's as well because like when we get sponsors and stuff and they have to go to their bank and they have to like issue like a bank transfer and they have to put in all the details and they have to go into their bank wearing a suit 
Same as the business transaction. I like it to is send great money though, abroad. Like I look at my um, you know my invoice, not my invoice, like my um, statements from my business account, and it's like payment from Twitch Interactive, payment from like Google Payments, payment from Big Wang as Incorporated. It's like yes, that's the one. The, yeah. Big Wang as Limited. It's it's a company. It it's, is. It's, it's, it's set for a lot of growth. Is Big Wang as and just. Oh, I love it. Just every time people see it, it's like, wait, what? It makes me giggle every time. That's why I did it. Yeah, just as a big joke. It's, it's funny. Guess, uh, that'll be the thing. Oh, if anyone wondering, like, why come I've never heard other YouTubers or content creators talk about this? It's because they're not stupid. They know that the best way for them to make money is to present themselves as an individual. Mm-hmm. And it is in their best financial interest to, as inaccurate as it may be, to present themselves as a regular person. Yeah, and that's the weird thing, isn't it? Of like, you still see these top streamers where it's like, oh, I am now like multi, multi millionaire on maybe sometimes like on a yearly basis. And they are sitting there asking children to like get their parents to donate $10 to them. And it's, yeah, it's a really weird thing. Or flipping their shit over a $10 donation. It's like you earn like eight grand a minute. Yeah, and it's, you know, one of those things of like, it's a hustle, I get it, but. Um, yeah, it's just very strange to think that these people still, to benefit, have to make themselves look like they're earning not millions of dollars. Yeah, they deliberately have to downplay their own success to maintain their current level of success. And speaking of um, just doing stuff because it's funny, I recently went to an event. And you look, you can look around the office right now, you might notice there's a new poster Above the desk, right? You see that there? Yeah, it's like a new cool poster, very yeah. like um, you know, anime looking. It's yeah, very cool. I went to um, Sheffield Anime Gaming Con. I don't even remember the name. It's just something about anime, something about gaming. Yeah. Because my girlfriend about a year ago on Facebook kept getting an ad for Sheffield Anime and Gaming Con, and the and she said this looks so shit. I don't like the look of this. I don't like the implication that Facebook thinks I want to go to this. <laughs> but it kept popping up. Because it, it, um, the thing we noticed is after it kept coming up because it kept getting delayed. Because it was like, oh, happening oh, in. Right, I think yeah. it was meant to go in like 2019. Mm-hmm. And it got delayed till 2020. And then the pandemic happened or continued to happen. Delayed again, delayed again, delayed again. Delayed all the way until this year. Right, just yeah. last week. And it got to about a month and a half. I went, should we just get tickets? It's one of the things we noticed is when we were scrolling through the website out of just sheer curiosity, they had no guests announced. Oh, God. No guests, no events, no panels, no sponsors, no artists. Holy shit. And I looked at that and went, how much tickets? Yeah. And I'm presuming they weren't fucking expensive. A tenner. Yeah. It was a tenner each and we got Nisha to get in as well because she was like, I just want to go and get some Dragon Ball stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went, it is going to be a laugh. And my girlfriend kept telling me, he's like, you're going to be the most famous person there. And I don't like to think of myself as having any level of fame. Mm-hmm. But the more we thought about it, it's like, they haven't got a single guest. Yeah, the entire thing that like Comic Con sells themselves on, or here's the panels we're going to have, here's the guests we're going to have, and I they had zero of either. They didn't have any. And the best thing is as well, all the pictures, it's like, oh, we've got a cosplay contest. And it's like people dressed like Rick and Morty. Oh. And it's like... That sells anime gaming con, I suppose. I guess. And I was like, we have to go just to see. Just to see how bad this is going to be. And I made a mental note if I'm going to try and find some actual artists, I'm going to buy some of their work. Okay, yeah. Uh, for example, the person who did that artwork you can see just there, I spoke to them briefly and I've got like a 
touch base with them on Instagram after the fact and um, when they open up their commissions again I want to try and get them to do an original design for me um, based oh, cool. on the fact of anything much with, in the same way we do with Psycho mm-hmm. but nothing more to say about that because no deal has been reached but I'm planning to do that with them and uh, there were only two artists there and they were both just sat next to each other and all the rest was just clearly um, person who bought job lots from China and he's just selling you know, when you look at the t-shirts it's like clearly um, non-licensed printed from the internet stuff yeah, like yeah. to the point where you could actually see where it got cut off on Google oh, and I was looking no. at something you could see like the watermarks and stuff like from other artists that they've stolen it off of oh. and I was like I don't want to buy any of that because that's shit but yeah. I do want to support these artists who travelled all the way here one was from Liverpool actually oh fair she come all the way from Liverpool and it's like I want to buy some original art from these guys including that but just yeah while I was there um, as my girlfriend predicted, uh, I got recognised a bunch because I announced that I was going. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be here. Uh, if anyone's about, feel free to come up and take a photo. And while I was there with Nisha discussing, um, she was asking, so do you think you're going to get recognised? I'm, I'm guessing so because I was wearing my own merch. Yeah. I was wearing like, a t-shirt with a Fact Fiend logo on it. And as we were saying that, a guy was like, just doing that thing where yeah. like, do I recognise you? Bear in mind, I'm wearing a full mask. I went a mask mm-hmm. and I'm like covered up with it like and they looked down at my arm and he saw the tattoo and he went are you from Fact Fiend? And I was like oh yeah 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 and can I take a photo? I went oh yeah sure and this is what I was not expecting this or prepared for this he pulled his photo and just took a photo of me <laughs> and then just went I was like what? what? You know I weirdly experienced that not from anyone recognising me or anything like that but years ago in Disneyland okay these couple of kids came up to me and they didn't speak English. Okay. But um, they like kind of knew the word, the like name, the word for photo. And they were like photo, and I was like, oh, they want me to take a picture of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that put my hand out. Like, no, 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 photo. And I was like, do they want a photo with me? They were like photo, and just pointed at my hair. <laughs> and they just wanted a picture of me because I had colourful hair. And they just wanted to like take a picture of me, and I was like. No, I'm okay. That, like, this is weird. Like, I don't know you. It's what I had to do with that guy where I went, do you not want a photo with me? He went, oh, oh, yeah. I got a photo. He's <laughs> so like, why would you just take a photo of me? Yeah. Just take a photo with me. Because <laughs> anyone could just have a photo of me. And wear a mask. Yeah. No one's going to know. It's like, why do you need this photo? And yeah, I had a couple of like really nice interactions while I was there. And the one... That fucking made my entire day. Because mm. my girlfriend has not seen any interactions I've had with fans. We've like been for a few drinks and we've had people walk past and go, Hey, you're that guy. Yeah. But she's not like had anyone like physically come up and talk to me. And there was this uh, young kid who walked past and did the double take. Yeah. And they were dressed in their I don't even know what characters they were, they were dressed like for anime get up. And they walked past and they did a double take. And they walked all the way to the end. And I thought, oh, maybe they just like, you know, were wondering what was on my t shirt or whatever. And then they like must have got their confidence back. They're going, "Excuse me, are you are you Carl Smallwood?" And I went, oh yeah, yeah. And I was drinking a pint, and so I, went, <laughs> and I went, um, and my girlfriend like whispered in my ears, and ran off to get their mum. Oh, okay. Uh, to get the phone, and she went, "Don't swear, that's a kid." And I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll be on my best behaviour." And the kid goes, "This is fucking awesome!" And I'm like, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> it's so I'm just like, this is so good. I'm so happy that this has happened. Oh, God. And I think I mentioned it once, like, oh, just the only time I've had anybody, like, ask me (laughs) why my face is on, like, a T-shirt or a jacket or anything I own. Um, And it was just a bunch of kids with their mums. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, I make videos. And then they started like looking it up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to just openly tell them like, yeah, I, I swear a bunch in all of my videos. I'm like, yeah, oh, I don't make content for kids. So I was a bit worried about that and um, uh, that they, they posted a photo and they went about their day. And then later in the evening, because um, like, that's the thing, me and my girlfriend, like Nisha went off home and I was supposed to be doing something that evening. But then I got the dates wrong. So it turns out I was actually free in the evening. So me and my girlfriend would have sat in the house and was like, should we go back? Because there was like a karaoke evening <laughs> on and a glow stick disco. Oh my God. And I was like, going to my girlfriend, I was like, should we go to a £10 anime convention, karaoke and glow stick disco? I don't even want to think what that amounts to. Um, it amounts to... A fucking good night. Because that's the thing, like, we both approach it up. This is going to be bad. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where if you went into it with a bad attitude, you'd have a, a terrible time. A terrible, terrible time. Like, oh, fucking wasted my money on this, and yeah. it's terrible, yeah. But, like, it, because it ended up being, like, three rooms. Okay. With just, like, stuff in it. Um, like, the entire convention. Oh, the, I thought you meant the rave at the end. No, no, the entire convention. And, like, the rave at the end had, like, 20 people there. Yeah. Out of, like, the 400 people who turned up. Well, we went there, it's like, we're going to go for a laugh. And, and the reason my girlfriend wants to go is because she can sing. She's been trained in singing. She's a very, very good singer. And she can sing the theme to Evangelion in Japanese. Oh. And she was like, we, we get, but we had to sit in the back for like a couple of songs because I don't want to go up and just stunt on these kids. Like immediately, yeah. Because there was like a bunch of kids there and they're just like screaming into the microphone to like uh, an anime song I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then one person went up and sung in Japanese and said, okay, and then the crowd starts to get a bit hyper. People are clapping, all the artists came to and started clapping. People are cheering. And I was like, let's go up and sing it. Yeah. And it was just a really good level. <laughs> just when it got, though, to glow stick rave. <laughs> I went to my girlfriend, can we please stay? Just for, I said, I'll pay for all of our drinks. I need to, I need to know. I need to know what a glow stick rave is. And there was just like, it's exactly how I'd imagine, like, three people dressed like Kinatsuno Miku, just dancing in the middle of the floor. Oh, they actually got people to do... No, they were just dancing. They were like... And then one guy comes up and starts windmilling. Oh, right, okay, no, I, I get what you mean. Person's up windmilling. There was, like, a girl there who was, like, stood, and, like, a guy clearly making them dance with her. And she's like, I don't even know these guys. So me and my girlfriend kept an eye on her, and then about... She went to the bathroom at like halfway through and then she didn't come back. And then you saw yeah. the guy doing that thing of like getting his drink and like looking for it. It's like she left. Yeah. She really just felt uncomfortable telling you no and then just whisked away. Because he was on right at the start of the night me and my girlfriend had stood there and the guy was dancing with her and he's mm-hmm. like going, do you want to guys want to dance? I'm like, no, we're all right, thanks. And she like, I don't even know him. So my girlfriend's like, keep an eye on her. Yeah. Because I don't like that. I'm like, okay, I will. Yeah. Because she's looking like, you're quite big, you can go tell him to stop doing that. And then she just left halfway through and we were like, <laughs> ah! Do you know thing where you see someone like completely strike out and you start just clapping when they do it? It's like, oh God, it's so weird to me because I've never been in a situation where like, I've not realised that I'm like, you know, hitting on someone and making them feel uncomfortable. Like, yeah. It, normally, people make it very obvious how uncomfortable they are. In hopes that you'll back off. Just back off. Yeah. That's why like, my girlfriend has went like, I'll keep an eye on her. And if she looks like she's uncomfortable, like, can you go over? Mm-hmm. Like, I will do. Yeah. And then she just fucked off on her own. It's like, good on her. Yeah. But um, what made that night just the, the perfect end to it is, is uh, that young kid I mentioned earlier, they just like tweeted at me. Mm. And I'm there at the event, P 
piss out of my fucking tree. <laughs> I'm like six fucking pissed. And I saw that and I'm like, this is amazing. So I retweeted like, fucking yes, you go. Great to meet a fan. And I think you and Charlie mentioned it. I was like, that pissed someone off, didn't it? Yeah. So what did you see of this? Because this has got a really funny ending. Um, the only thing I saw was somebody being like, something along the lines of, I can't believe you've sunk this low or some shit. Yes. And um, initially, I didn't want to respond to that until I saw the kid themselves was like, uh, something like, oh, I can't wait for this to get ratio. I was like, oh, this kid, they want people to They want the drama. They yeah. want the drama because they're looking forward to just people shitting on it. It's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, what exactly am I doing wrong here? I'm at an event um, on my day off from my job that I get paid a very good wage for, uh, which also supports a bunch of my friends, saying hello to a fan. What do you do for a living? Yeah. And that person just went on this, I just, I want to say all evening. Because that's the bit I missed, because all I saw was them tweet once, saw your response and went, this isn't the kind of conversation I... Because yeah. I know when I see those kind of ones where I'm like, this fucker's going to go on a tirade. Older, and they did. Yeah. And they responded um, to every single person who responded to that tweet saying, dude, you're a loser. Um, at one point, they were like... I think they messaged a bunch of people of like, you need to stay away. You need to stay away. You oh need to, This God. person... Like, do you know like, the kid who came up and was like, really excited to meet me? Yeah. And like was super excited. And I was like, you know what? This kid doesn't need... I want to send him a free t-shirt. I want to piss off this guy even more. Say, I'll give you a free shirt, any piece of merch you want. And then that person's screaming in their mouth. Oh, oh, I love a free shirt. Don't do it. Don't do it. They're going to treat you. And then, then it got dug up that all that account is, is just treat, uh, tweeting anti-trans oh, bigotry. Jesus. So I made a mental note. Um, I'm just going to keep a track of uh, how many likes this tweet Duncan on them gets. And I want to donate a pound in their name to uh, Mermaids, um, uh, the trans charity. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The charity that helps like at-risk um, LGBTQIA youth. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just make a donation in their name as for however many likes my tweet calling them a piece of shit gets. <laughs> and uh, what it is, uh, I told that uh, kid, uh, shoot me a message um, if you want a t-shirt, um, anything you want from the store. But I need your parents to send a message to the email address. Because I know your mum saw me at the event, but they're probably going to be weirded out if you're talking to a man on the internet. And I got right, my yeah. girlfriend to write this message. Yeah. So I was like, I don't I don't want anything untoward to appear. I was like, you write this message for me mm. and send it to this person, um, like, Twitter account. It was like, I'm not skeezing on your kid or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm just trying I'm, to make up for the fact that someone was being an asshole to them online. Like, they were exposed to a bunch of bigotry because they were a fan. And, yeah. like, you know, that's not on. And uh, <laughs> the reason I love this is because I got an email, I want to say, like, Less than a minute later, less than a minute, <laughs> saying hello, Mister Fact Fiend, and I was like, yes, yes. because they have no idea who I am. Yeah, this is so and so. That's why I'm trying to be as vague as possible. Mm. Like, this is so and so's mum. I was at the event today. Uh, they had such a good time meeting you. You seem like a lovely young man. Um, uh, they would like this T-shirt in this size, and then they like forgot to attach a link or a photo or anything like. That. It's like that's clearly the parent. Yeah. And I sent them a t-shirt, then I got a tweet a few days later of, like, the t-shirt arrived. Thank you so much. Oh, awesome. And then I made the donation the next day in that bigot's name, but that was just the best. And hello, Mr. Fact Fiend. Because <laughs> I got that email, and I'm pissed as a fart, and I showed it to my girlfriend, and I'm just, I am creased on the floor. It's, like, it's not that funny. It really is. It's the funniest thing that has ever happened. Carl truly became the fat friend today. Because that was the best bit as well. Because I, I want to say... 
like when me and my girlfriend got in, we had like we ordered some Chinese food, and I'm sat there eating Chinese food with my girlfriend, and I just pulled out my phone. We clicked on that guy's profile, and it's like every thirty seconds another tweet oh, yelling about no. it. And then the next day, account deleted. <laughs> I was gonna say like, did they? ever respond to the uh, donation made in their name but no, no they, they deleted their account so that they could go make a fresh one and, and then go. like go harass people online again the cycle is never ending Carl. the cycle is never ending but it had a happy ending like that fan got t-shirt um, I had a great day I had a good figure got dunked on yeah yeah there we go and a charity made a couple hundred quid there we go fantastic news in that bigot's name because he says like reason for donating you know, to, to spite a bigot <laughs> Oh, it's always my favourite thing. It's just like, you know what? I can I can see that you are a clearly horrible person. So I'm going to be a lovely person in your name. Like, yeah. It's as well, it's when you look at it, and I think it was you and Charlie both saying, like, I can't even see what their point is. It's like, why would you not wear your own merch at an event? Yeah. So people can recognise you. Because you, like, you, I was wearing a mask the entire time. It's like, should I wear my own? So I'm going, yeah, you're wearing a mask. It'll help them see. Mm-hmm. Who else is going to be wearing a Fact Fiend t-shirt? Yeah. And like I, I said to you on stream, yeah, it's just, I never get the concept of why would you wear your merch? It's like, well, if I'm not willing to wear my merch, who the fuck else is going to wear it? And like, It's like when sportsmen are sponsored by like a company or like Pepsi, refuse to drink Pepsi. Did you ever see that mm-hmm. one where it was like um, Cristiano Ronaldo um, single-handedly caused a dip in Coca-Cola share prices of like... I want to say like several million dollars because he was at an event and there was like a, a, I want to say it was Coca-Cola or Pepsi, one of the big two yeah. in front of him. And someone asked him to take a sip, like a journalist. And he went, no, water. And they said that one moment, because he's like so influential with kids. Yeah. And he knows that, which is why I said drink water instead. They mm-hmm. like Coca-Cola or Pepsi, whichever one it was, had like a within moments dip of several million dollars in their stock prices. See, the way that they get around it then is for like, Coca-Cola to turn around and get him to be sponsored by Smart Water, which they also own. Yeah, or Dasani or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, see, that's how you get around it. It's like, well, either way, we're still making money. Yeah, and they do sell water, and there's like a couple of ways around that. Like, one of the things I learned when I was researching an article, I never really went anywhere, but it was um, tricks um, uh, companies use. Uh, it was along the lines of like tricks companies use to make you think celebrities use their products. And mm. A couple of examples I found is like Roger Federer has his own tennis racket. Right. As you might imagine, Roger Federer, champion tennis player, has a very specific tennis racket he likes, mm-hmm. but he's sponsored by a racket company. Because I was going to say, he has his own line of like Federer uh, like branded rackets, doesn't he? Because yeah, he absolutely does. Yeah. And he was, for many years, sponsored by a company that made rackets. But the thing is, he didn't like their rackets. They were good rackets, but they didn't personally suit his play style. So what mm-hmm. he would do is, they would custom make him a racket that was made to his specifications. Like, just, sometimes they'd just take one of the rackets he bought and then just put their branding on it. Oh, okay. So it's like, it makes it look like he's using their yeah. like branded um, tennis racket, but in fact, he's not. He's using the one he actually likes. Yeah, and then we talked about um, the Michael Jordan video, where the Air Jordans. Michael yes. Jordan never wore Air Jordans when he played basketball. He wore, um, a diff- I think, Airships, which were customised to look like Air Jordans, because mm-hmm. Michael Jordan preferred the feel of airships while he was playing. Right. And then um, the, I know, for like example, one of the reasons that Beats became such a big thing is because they just paid a lot of celebrities to have them around their neck at certain events. Yeah. And that's basically, they spent 
all of their money towards marketing rather than like making a good product because yeah, it was like got... fuck it if all the celebrities are wearing them then everyone's going to want them anyway yeah and i think the one celebrity they could never get was um who is it now eminem oh, even though okay. he knows dr dre because he still uses wired headphones right and yeah. he listens to cds he prefers CD. He has a really high-end CD player that he still uses because oh, he prefers right. CDs. He thinks they've got better audio quality, so he refuses to use like an iPod or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And the other one that I found out is um, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, those companies, they have special versions of Monster cans that are filled with water. Oh. They have mon- cans of Monster and cans of Pepsi and energy drinks that have water in them that they give to celebrities. Oh. So Joe, when you see like um, what is it now, like reality TV shows and stuff, where they have mm. like the branded cans in front of them, sometimes they've got water in them, so the celebrities can drink the water. Clever, but I'll give them that. I didn't realize that one. That, that's like that's sneaky. Le- yeah, and I can never find uh, enough to make it into a full list because you mm-hmm. need usually about five or six to get a cracked article and ten to get a, a list first or a top tens. Yeah. So I never managed to find enough examples of that, but the three that stuck out in my mind, like the tennis racket one, the uh, the water one, and um, uh, the uh, the airships. Yeah, and like, yeah, I um, I find it really funny just moments like that where I can't remember who it was or whatever, but just someone was asked once, like, oh, so you use Beats then? As they've got like a pair of Beats hanging around their neck, and they're like, fuck no. <laughs> so I don't use these. I've just been paid by a company to have them around my neck. Like that Simpsons joke of Dredrick Tatum standing there. I have been paid millions of dollars to endorse these butt ugly shoes. Oh, it's like the best one because that's what it is. It's like all oh, the crusty the crusty burger. I don't mind the taste. And it's so perfect. Just you know, in the vein of like getting a lot of money to do some corporate bullshit. Don't know if you've seen the new Amazon thing going around. No, tell me. Uh, so it is Terry Crews basically in a propaganda advert for Amazon. I saw that, yeah. Working like in an Amazon warehouse looking like he's having loads of fun and like the benefits are great and stuff. Yeah, because have you seen like in Sheffield we have like a sign that says on it, come work at an Amazon warehouse, we pay £10.40 an hour. Oh. And I was looking at that and went, that's not that great. No. You'd earn more than that working for fucking DoorDash or like Mm. delivery or something like that. And then and you won't break your ass. You wouldn't have to piss in bottles and let them explode on you in the back of a delivery van. Because I, I saw like something about Terry Crews. I didn't realize he started. Oh man. Yeah. That's real. like Terry Crews doesn't need that money. No, and like, apparently, he's rich um, there's a screenshot of him like in like the work. You know, the workers' break room yeah. or whatever, having a chat with someone else, and people are like, yeah, this watch is worth what like an Amazon worker would get paid in a year. And he's wearing it. And he's wearing it in the advert for like, yeah, work for Amazon. It's like, you'll be able to buy this nice Terry Crews watch in a year. That happened with, um, I think it was Alex Jones, um, where he is constantly on his show pleading poverty. And that he's always out of money to encourage, like what we mentioned earlier with streamers and stuff, they have to maintain this facade that they're always, they're just like you and they need your support and they don't. Mm -hmm. Alex Jones is, I'd say, the most... Um, uh, just what's the word I'm thinking of now not underhanded because it's very blatant but it's like the most insidious example of that right, where okay. he is constantly telling his very rabid very dedicated very dangerous in some cases fan base that he needs their support to fight against like capitalism all like these like, these invisible boogeymen he invents on his show mm-hmm. and during one of uh, I think it's a John Oliver piece breaking it down where he has on 
um, multiple occasions worn different watches worth in excess of like $95,000. But he is wearing them on the show in frame because he knows his audience is too stupid to know their true value. Mm-hmm. But their researchers do. And like, he's wearing like a $100,000 watch in this scene while he's saying that he doesn't have enough money yeah. To, um, he barely has enough money to scrape together this show, but he's wearing a watch that's like worth four people's yearly salary. Yeah, and it's like, well, that could fund your show for like the entire year. Oh god, that's ugh. I hate shit like that. Yeah. But I, I do also. I was going to give a pro tip for anyone out there as well. Um, okay. Watches are one of the few investments that will hold value. Um, watches, um, horologists, I believe the term is, are, ex- are exceptionally dedicated and um, like subgroup of collectors and if you buy a decent watch and it's a timeless one if you'll forgive mm. the pun uh, it will probably hold its value and I know a couple of people who have not like ridiculously expensive but like fairly expensive watch collections mm. and they say it's to the point where if you spend like a grand on this watch you're going to get at least a grand for it again as right, long as it yeah. looks after and most of the time they just swap them for mm-hmm. another watch so that's the one thing I wanted that's to mention weird. out there, like just because it's that thing of why would you spend this much money on a watch? It's one of the few investments where you'll probably get your money back. Mm. It's not like jewelry where trends and fashions can change and value will go down. Like watches tend to be um, a very safe investment. Not digital watches. <laughs> Some digital watches, are the Casio watches. There's a few of the, like the more classic ones. Yeah, yeah like uh, I'm talking like your Timexes, um, uh, like your your Submariners, whatever the fuck they're called. Oh, right. Those okay. like, you know, those classic, super expensive watches, they do tend to hold value a lot. Because mm-hmm. there's probably someone out there wondering why would you spend 100 grand on the watch, that's why. And also because it's a statement piece. Mm-hmm. But it's um, a statement piece that you can sell. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah, I was going to say like, I really also dislike the other version of like, when people turn it around on celebrities for looking like human beings. Oh, yeah, of, and, like, um, not wearing makeup or what have yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wore, like, a T-shirt and joggers to go to the shop. I, I, you fucking wear a T-shirt and joggers to go to the shop. Like, just because I've got millions of dollars or whatever it is, like, doesn't mean that I can't wear just lazy clothing at times. That's the thing. I love when that happens. Like, not happens, but I love when that you see examples of that because it humanizes celebrities. It makes them... Like seem less. Oh, it makes them seem like more approachable and more like people. Mm. And we mentioned it in uh, one of the videos we made about Marilyn Monroe. It's one of those videos where the response we got to it was really confusing. It's one me yeah. and Nisha made where we talk about Marilyn Monroe being a complete fucking slob. Mm. Like she was a mess. Apparently, like she would leave food around the house. She'd barely get dressed. Like she'd wander around. In just like her underwear and naked sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we say in that video, we love this about her because she's constantly portrayed as this almost mythologized figure, this perfect goddess. And yeah. Breaking that shell makes her seem more human, makes us like her more. Mm-hmm. And the amount of comments we got saying she was mentally, why are you making fun of a mentally ill woman? It's like, we're not. But you clearly watched the first minute of the video and didn't watch the end where we say, we know she had some problems, but the reason hearing about this makes her like her more, makes her more human because it shows that she did struggle like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And she had issues and she had foibles and faults. Yep. But no one watched that far because no, they, wanted no, to, they wanted to get angry. Yeah, because I watched that video when you mentioned that and was like, I don't understand what the problem is here. Like, if you actually watched the video and listen, it's like, all you were saying is, yeah, we really like the fact that she's not some infallible human being. Be, like as you said she is portrayed as all the time yeah but Lucas that would require watching a video to the end and as you said listening yeah and listening is very difficult when you want to type an angry comment out 
it is and it it baffles me like even to this day like obviously i've not been doing this a long time but every time that i know i'm putting a fat bot in a fat fiend video to be like here's a correction or here's a note here's an addendum to what we're saying yeah carl is recalling this stuff off the top of his head he's, yeah like, he's not again not infallible yeah and it's one of those of every single time it's displayed on screen and i give it a good like 10 15 seconds to stay there and then every single comment or well like half of the comments are just well you got this wrong or you didn't mention this or blah 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 it's, i literally spent time looking into it and putting a fucking fat bot on screen for you all to see, and none of you looked at it anyway. Yeah, it's um, like when Nisha was getting really confused about it because she was baffled at the response. People were giving her shit for it. Like it got mm-hmm. it spilled out onto like social media. It's like, but we, I edited the video, so I watched it like fifteen times front to back. I was mm-hmm. there in the conversation. We didn't say we never made fun of her for being mentally ill. No, nope. we actually say it makes us like her more because it makes her seem human. It showed that she struggled like everybody else. Mm-hmm. How can any... It's because they didn't watch the entire thing. No. People just hear, oh my God, you called Marilyn Monroe a slob while she was struggling. It's like, yeah, we addressed that in the video. Oh dear. Uh, I mean, it's, just... it's, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. Well, you mentioned yes. though that Terry Crews is now appearing in Amazon propaganda videos. And that reminds me of an amazing, amazing similar story. Mm. Um, when McDonald's... Remember the pink slime story? Where it's like, oh, chicken nuggets are made with pink slime. Oh, yes. Of course, and yeah. McDonald's did not like that story. No. And you can tell they did not like it because they went on a massive PR blitz to correct the the misconceptions about their food, which included hiring Grant Imahara from Mythbusters to oh. tour one of their factories where he stands there and you can hear the insincerity. You can almost see like the reflection of a script in his eyes as mm-hmm. like, he's looking at our frame where he's looking at them make the fries and the chicken nuggets. They're like... Wow, so it is a hundred percent chicken. Yep, and you, and it's like, is is your like respectability and as a an a, an inventor and an academic worth whatever McDonald's pays you? And well, I hope Carl, that it is. Carl, it is a hundred percent chicken. Might not be a hundred percent chicken breast, but it's hundred percent chicken. And that's the thing. Like you can you see you can see like the like the corporate. Like hands above him, like moving him around and marionetting him to say what they want. It's like I hope you got paid enough to say this. I hope your dignity is worth less than the amount of money you're getting from this. Because <laughs> that keeps happening. The best example of that though has got to be the band Good Charlotte. And have you okay. ever heard about what Good Charlotte did? Uh, I may have done, but I don't recall anything off okay. the top of my so, head. Good Charlotte. What kind of band are they, Lucas? Uh, I mean, like pop punk. Yeah, punk. That's the yeah. opposite word there. And what is punk defined by um, for the most part you know basically being a middle finger to the establishment yeah like rebelliousness like yeah. teenage rebellion distilled is mm. what I'd call pop punk not punk pop punk pop yeah. punk's like you know a lighter flake it's like you know it's like it's like punk light yeah yeah because you know generally speaking punk is like a big old as I say middle finger pop punk as you say is a bit more like the teenage fuck off kind of vibe. It has a few of those rough edges sanded down. There's mm-hmm. still like the anti-establishment message there. And uh, when Good Charlotte, the band, first got started, um, they, like many punk bands um, and pop punk bands, they had their thing that they were really, really passionate about. And their thing they were passionate about was KFC and battery, okay. and battery farming. 
Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's a very worthy cause. Like, I, I I was wondering where you were going with KFC, yeah. but yeah, battery they, farming. They really don't like battery farming. They singled out KFCs and they don't like. And that's like a really valid cause. Like I love chickens, the animal. Mm-hmm. I love chicken, the food. Mm-hmm. So I endeavour to always get like free range chicken and eggs when I can. Like you know, it's probably it would be better to be vegan. But I know I try to make the choices that I feel um, are the most moral to me. But that's besides mm-hmm. the point. And then with Good Charlotte, they went on a big spiel, like they're all, like on stage, telling like go fuck KFC, do not buy KFC, boycott KFC. And they got signed with a record label, and I shit you not, did a sponsorship for KFC. Oh but no! They didn't just do a sponsorship for KFC. They took part in for a competition, a KFC eating contest. Oh no! And it's like. I mentioned. I thought you were going the other way of like, oh, they took the KFC sponsorship, but then like took the money and shat all over no. KFC. No, they took. Oh, they licked that boot. They did. They licked that shit covered boot heel. And the way I heard it, it's they literally ate their own words. Yeah. Like they went on stage and they ate that crow or that chicken, as it were. And I mean, make your money, I guess. But it's but... that thing like making the money is one thing, but it's the fact that they've been so against this one specific thing for yeah. so long. And I can only imagine that KFC knew that. Yeah, And exactly. that's why they singled them out. It's like so, they sat down, went, well, how many zeros are we going to have to put on this check for you to eat your fucking words? Yeah, for you to go back on your supposedly very deeply held beliefs. And I'd like to I'd like to think it was enough money that the band could live that down because I don't think I could live something like that down. That, well, that's the thing is, how many zeros do exactly, you need yeah. to add to let that live that down? Well, yeah. the thing is, like, it's got to be enough zeros on that check that I never go online ever again. I never need to worry about anything, yeah. ever. I never want. I want to have so much money that I'll be completely insulated from ever interacting with the public ever again. Because any time I'm going to, this is going to get brought up. It's, a, it's the, you know, earlier equivalent of when I'm, like, going through Twitter and somebody has, like you know, this garbage take or whatever, and in the responses you just see, like, the screenshot from five years ago. Is this you? Every time. It's like, ah, fuck. It's like, yep, got him. Yeah, Trump criticising Trump. Yeah, that's always the best one. Because it was every single, like, I want to say 95, so people don't know Trump criticising Trump is a subreddit where it is. Um, (laughs) People just digging up old tweets from, very old tweets now, because none of them exist anymore. I think they exist, but you can't, See his accounts, they're all archived. But, uh, oh, right. Tweets from Donald Trump criticising um, something like another person did that now applies to a new thing Donald Trump has said. Mm-hmm. And every single time he did anything during his presidency, there was always a tweet that was relevant to the situation. Yeah, because it would always be, oh, I have new plans to do X and Y. Tweet from four years ago, I can't believe Hillary Clinton would propose no, this thing, or I can't. can't believe Obama would do this. Every single time mm-hmm. and it's 100% complete and pure projection yep every time and you know we're sticking in the realm of Twitter like did you see the thing yesterday about John Cleese uh, I saw that you made a tweet about John Cleese yes because I actually ended up doing the trending tab and when you go on the trending tab and it's like top tweets I was one of them for a bit oh right that's okay. why I ended up I ended up going viral enough I've had to mute that tweet now oh right so yeah. I, it got to the point where it was getting viral enough where the people who were angry about the thing who were not linked to me are now yelling at me and it's mm. like let's have a look oh an English flag avatar and Brexit in their handle zero followers 400 people followed a tweet every five minutes with racism in it. Let's just block this person. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to bring it up because this entire story is incredible. 
da, 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 da. so riff for one moment Lucas life okay this so is great. what I know about John Gleeson because I like skimmed through your tweet but then mm-hmm. again it would be breathing ground for those kind of people so I just left it there's also be a very funny story for the um, podcast so and I remember you mentioning like John Cleese when he sued like a a newspaper back in the day for saying it wasn't funny and yes. winning and this is the thing of um, this is uh, an addendum to that because I was incorrect Okay. I was incorrect in my recounting of that story, so I can correct that now. But first, um, some background. Um, yesterday, um, John Cleese, out of nowhere, uh, tweeted out, I was looking forward to talking to the students at Cambridge Union this Friday, but I hear that someone there has been blacklisted for doing an impersonation of Adolf Hitler. I regret that I did the same thing on Monty Python, so I'm blacklisting myself before somebody else does. And here's the thing. We don't know what he's referring to there because the actual story of what happened is very muddy. Right. And there are a couple of conflicting accounts and because this has now become such like a, a minor, a tea, uh, what's the word now, storm in a teacup? Right, yeah, yeah. Um, issue where it's a bunch of people shouting on both sides. But um, when my tweet went like a little bit viral, I did get a message from someone purported to be from that university and from a quick glance at their account and scrolling through it, they do appear to be a member of the university he's talking about. Mm. And they told me, if I can find the actual thing here. Uh, da, 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 da. Carl's just doing some, some deep diving, some fact I, I'm doing some research right now. Because obviously you want to make sure you get the story right. Yeah, so I'd there's no like clarification on this, but they do go to that university. Right, which means yeah. they're about as close a source I'm going to be able to get personally. Mm-hmm. But they say... The Hitler impression is on about went off for 10 minutes, involved the guy screaming the N-word, the F-slur, and him screaming about killing the Jews. Right then. Yeah, probably good grounds to blacklist somebody. Yeah, but we've got no confirmation on that, but this is but someone that... from the university who met, direct messaged me saying, here's yeah. the details from why I was there. Yeah, so oh, uncorroborated good... source, but yeah. You take that with a grain of salt, but they're a more direct source than John Cleese. <laughs> what makes this so funny is, as you alluded to, so I told a story a while ago on the podcast mm-hmm. about John Cleese suing a newspaper for libel. Right, yeah. And then getting awarded the money and damages, because mm-hmm. that was the case. And I even said a quote I attributed to John Cleese. It turns out that quote was not attributed to John Cleese. Right. So to clarify now, um, in 2002, John Cleese sued a newspaper for saying that his career had ended in, and I quote, humiliating failure. And the story is here, A article appeared in the Evening Standard, reviewing a show John Cleese appeared on in America, and then just went on like a paragraph, two paragraph long diatribe about John Cleese's career, it being like an awful, embarrassing, wet fart of an end mm. to the legendary career of John Cleese. Yeah. John Cleese took umbrage to this and felt it was a personal attack on him and sued the newspaper and demanded an apology, which the newspaper offered in addition to £10,000. John Cleese did not feel this was sufficient and took the issue to court. Mm -hmm. And when he got taken to court, the judge um, ruled in John Cleese's favour. However, um, uh, John Cleese's original argument is that the article they wrote constitute a defamation, which the judge did not agree with. And we have a quote here. Uh, No, sorry, found that. Oh, sorry, the, um, the quote was like further up, but I'll say it. He argued it was defamation. Um, the judge disagreed and said, in part, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Where's the judge now? Oh, yeah. Uh, the judge rejected the argument that the article had harmed his reputation and said that the major element in the damages assessment was the impact on the comedian's feelings. 
Right, okay. So uh, John Cleese argued that this article had impacted his reputation. A judge in open court argued that it did not, but it did hurt his feelings. And therefore, he was entitled to damages because the article had made him feel bad. Okay. And then John Cleese's, and we have Jonathan Kaplan, QC, who represented Mr. Cleese, said the following. Had the... The article published last year struck at the core of his lifetime achievement. Mr. Cleese's case was that at the thrust of... Sorry. Mr. Cleese's case was that the thrust of the thoroughly nasty article was that he had emigrated to the US where he had become a humiliating failure. I mean, little did they know that in a couple of years he'd be in Shrek 2. Yeah, he'd be in Shrek 2. And they say here that... And then one of the other quotes from the judge, and this is one that I um, misattributed okay. to John Cleese. It's like, he may perhaps, by some people's standards, be regarded as unduly sensitive about this unpleasant article, but his hurt feelings are certainly genuine. Those who use the popular media to make unpleasant personal attacks, as the saying goes, take, must take their victims as they find them. If they choose to attack someone of particular sensitivity or vulnerability, they must, generally speaking, be ready to take the consequences. And that's a quote from the judge about John Cleese. Mm-hmm. And isn't that fucking amazing? When it's like, oh yeah, so John Cleese is a particularly sensitive person, yeah. according to the judge, and therefore should be given allowances... For the fact that he's overly sensitive. And he was offended by this article. And as a result, you should give him special accommodations for being offended. And issue an apology and give him £13,000. And now he's just spent the rest of his life moaning that people get offended too easily. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck's sake, this, this thing. so the correction I'm issuing to my own thing earlier is even better. I, when I was reading, I was like, oh no, I got it wrong. It's even funnier than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. So it's not even that he said that he was that overly sensitive. It's that the judge, a ruled. judge ruled that he is an overly sensitive person. And they openly admitted that. I think one of the quotes is like, to other people, it may seem like he's being overly sensitive, but it did hurt his feelings. Yeah. And it's like, it, when the judge is arguing, the judge who's agreeing with you says that, you were like, I know to everybody else, it seems like he's being overly sensitive, but it did hurt his feelings. Yeah, even Please. the judge is like, he shouldn't have been hurt by this. But he was, so you should take that into accommodation. And keep in mind that John Cleese is like, oh. and the thing is, though, this is just an article that said he wasn't funny. Yeah. Now imagine if, like, let's say you're a minority and you hear that your university platformed a man who went on stage and did an impression of Hitler. You'd be like, that kind of sucks. Like, that yeah. doesn't, that's not like being, that, I say that goes beyond being called unfunny. That strikes at the very core of your being. Mm-hmm. That strikes at your very sense of self. Like, you're, humanity is being questioned when people like that are being platformed by yeah. a university that supposedly champions diversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as well, it's the fact that like John Cleese in all seriousness is going, well, I did a Hitler impression once. It's like, okay, but you're taking the context of the fact that this was like 50 years ago completely yeah. out of the situation. It's like people's allowances for those kind of impressions have changed. It's also as well, have you ever seen the episode of Faulty Towers, um, where he, like, the one that where, I don't think it's where he did the impression, because that's from Monty Python, but there's an episode of Faulty Towers, the very infamous, like, don't mention the war one. Well, my phone's just <laughs> trying to pipe in. Okay, so have you ever seen that Faulty Towers episode? It's a very infamous episode where... Uh, Basil Faulty, there's a German guy there and the whole thing is don't mention the war and it ends with Basil Faulty, so John Cleese 
goose-stepping around the room, screaming in mock German. Right. I will have watched it because I've watched all the 40 Towers. I don't think I got that far when I rewatched it recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably didn't get to that episode because it's been removed from circulation. Something oh. John Cleese himself is very upset about. Even though you think a, a comedian who wants to continue having a career will be happy that footage of them goose-stepping around <laughs> screaming in mock German was no longer available to view. But uh, that's somebody so entrenched in like their belief of I should not be censored, like that they're unhappy that something that looks bad on them has been removed from pop. But culture. here's the thing as well: it's not even funny. No, because like the joke is uh, the, the joke is that he's just screaming in mock German and goose stepping because the German guy's there, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not even funny. Like in almost every sitcom I've ever watched, when you have a situation like this. Like, oh no, my boss is coming for dinner. And then a bunch of stuff happens in the background. And then it all like spills out into mm-hmm. like, a big dramatic thing. None of that happens. It's just his character is a screaming, raging asshole and just goose steps. That's yeah. the joke. The joke is that his character is so fucking racist, he can't help doing it. And it's, it is really... That's the joke. Yeah, it's, it's very strange how many jokes when you go back and watch things, even from like, you know, 20 years ago. They're not jokes. Like, it's just, ha ha this person is of this race or culture. Well, that's the, that show has a character in it's it called Manuel, played by a white guy. So mm-hmm. I watched this with my girlfriend. I watched 40 Towers to show this out to her because mm-hmm. she wasn't too familiar. I watched um, 40 Towers and Little Britain. Right, yeah. Because she yeah. was like, didn't believe me how racist British comedy was. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, watch. Let's watch 40 Towers. And the character of Manuel walks in. And I, where do you think that guy's from? And it's like, I don't know. It's... it's pretty tanned I'm not sure I'm always English so what? Went, look at the back of his neck and when he turns around because it's on a big screen now mm-hmm. you can see oh he's got grease paint Yeah, but he hasn't got grease paint all the way down so he's wearing a white shirt it's like yeah they just painted him brown they painted him brown and he speaks with a mock Spanish accent and the joke is is that he's a foreigner so he's stupid that's it Yep. The only joke is he's stupid because he's foreign, even though he's a he's a, a guy working and communicating in his second language in a country he does not call home. I'd call that guy pretty fucking smart. Yep, and, uh, that's the joke. The joke is he's stupid. Is is just baffling to me, and I mentioned that I may not have got that to that point in Faulty Towers because I often go back and rewatch old things just to like you know. Either A, enjoy the nostalgia of them, or B, like give a bit of a critical reevaluation in my yeah. head and make sure that, like, oh, well, I watched this when I was 15. What do I actually think of it now that I'm late yeah. 20s? And I made it like three episodes into 40 Towers and went, none of this is funny. This is just arrogant and offensive. Yeah. And, like, you know. And that's the thing, John Cleese doesn't like being compared to Basil Fawlty. He's like, I'm nothing like that in real life. It's like, you are. You're a raging asshole who doesn't like being told he's wrong. You're getting pissed off and cancelling events because not even you, but somebody else got blacklisted for a horrific impersonation of, like, fucking Hitler. It's also, as well, it really shows where someone's lines lie, where the line... uh, Sorry, where their priorities lie, where the line they'll draw in the sand is, I defend a complete stranger's right. That he has no context on. And if the context that I've got is accurate, this is real fucking bad. Yeah. He's like, I defend someone's ability to go on stage and mock, uh, not mock, impersonate. Yeah. Because that's the thing. The spirit there is impersonate. Because if it was, they wouldn't want to mock Hitler. Because a lot of people draw on like, oh, Charlie Chaplin would never get away with what he did now. And people don't know that reference. It's Charlie Chaplin, a 
specifically made a film. Oh, he made a film called um, uh, The Great Dictator, right? Okay. Which mocks Hitler because mm. Charlie Chaplin was pissed off with people commenting the fact he and Hitler had the same mustache. Yeah. And a joke he'd make is, "I had it first. And Charlie Chaplin, um, uh, very infamously made this film without the input of Hollywood because at the time Hollywood did not want to piss off Nazi Germany because they wanted to sell their movies there and uh, um, Charlie Chaplin was like fuck that I'm going to go out of my way I'm going to fund it myself mm-hmm. I, and he makes he spent the entire thing is a deliberate targeted like surgical tear down of Hitler and everything he stood for and Charlie Chaplin even went as far as to spend his own money to have versions of it smuggled into Germany <laughs> And there is a rumour that I fully believe, because it would be perfect if it is, that um, Adolf Hitler was a huge fan of Chaplin. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And this movie got smuggled into Germany. The rumour is that's why he has the moustaches, because he was a fan of Chaplin. A fan of Chaplin, which has never been confirmed, but the story is that he was a very big fan of Chaplin, Mm -hmm. and Hitler cried when he saw the film, because he didn't (laughs) like that his hero was making fun of him. And I choose to believe that as true, because that is fucking brilliant. That would be incredible. And just, like, fair play to Charlie Chaplin. Just going out of his way to spend all his money to dunk on Hitler. Because Hollywood was scared of upsetting Nazi Germany. And I think, though, that's where I think the comparison is completely unfair. John Cleese dressed like him after he was dead for a joke. Charlie Chaplin was risking being, like, assassinated. (laughs) There were were fascists in America. If you can believe it, there were one time there was fascists in America who loved Hitler. (laughs) If you can believe it. And he was a fully, they were threatening to kill him. He was risking his own life to make this joke. Mm-hmm. John Cleese, like uh, several decades later, is goose stepping around. He doesn't like German people. <laughs> it's oh. like, the comparison is completely unfair. Yeah, for Chaplin because he was a ballsy motherfucker to pull that off. And it's real funny because, like, um, I don't know if it's out yet or not, but Call of Duty Vanguard just recently came out, and it does it like... have Hitler in it? No, no, no. It's okay. just people talking about how it's really strange because. They like in the multiplayer, you all look the same because they're not letting you play as Nazis. Ah, okay. So it just looks like it somehow makes it look that makes it somehow worse because it means that you're playing as either betrayers, mm. people who betrayed the army, or like spies. So I've not played the game, so I'm not sure how it portrays. I don't know if it is saying like the allies versus like the, you know, it's the usually allies and axis yeah they normally um, get away with it that way i don't think they're calling the other team like the nazis or anything like that they normally just say axis yeah but then um yeah they i've heard people discuss it's like well one thing you could do is just make nazi cosmetics available and then just to get all the nazis like ban to anyone. admit and then just ban them and it's like i remember that i was watching like an episode of mythic quest where mm-hmm. it's like the whole thing is like they're meant to be oh. game developers. So I'm just going to quickly go to the bathroom there quick. This sounds, like really, this sounds like a really... You can see the wiggle guy. Yeah. So I apologise for that, Lucas, but I realised, you know, it's the 100th episode and... Ah! Crack open a beer. Come on then, I'll, I'll splash a little bit of a rum into this then. But okay. Yeah, um, as I was saying, like talking about Mythic Quest and how they're game developers and basically... Um, it's like an MMO game, mm-hmm. and they start noticing that people are basically like being Nazis in game and making like Nazi clans. Okay. Um, and they spend ages debating over like, what do we do? Do we ban the Nazis? Like, blah blah blah. Um, and then they eventually decide on a solution of, and obviously spoilers for the episode if you bothered. Like, okay. Um, they, I think it's like a cosmetic of like a Nazi badge or whatever mm-hmm. that you can purchase in the store. 
and then everybody who purchases that gets put in a separate server with only other people that have bought that badge so that all the Nazis just have to like basically troll each other on one server and they're, they're removed from the game for everybody oh, else. So it's like um, uh, like player jail for like yeah. um, people who um, like rage quit and stuff. Because I remember that was like a... I forget which fighting game it was, but it was a fighting game. It's like, if you rage quit, more than like, you know, we think is acceptable. Like, mm-hmm. you can't explain this away as like, you compete with disconnects or what have you. Yeah. Um, we're just only going to match you up against other people who rage quit. Yeah, it's like, we're not going to ban you. We're just going to make you play against other knobheads. See, if that was me, I'd put that badge in. And then once it's been, once you bought it, it's permanently equipped to your character. And then it will be, a, I'd say, give it a hidden passive debuff on all of your stats and then double your bounty. And say, so any player who kills you, um, can you can be attacked at any point, anywhere, in any safe zone, without any sort of repercussions, and they get a bonus for doing so. <laughs> and it debuffs all of your stats. So you're pretty much guaranteed to die every time. I think though the the premise in the show was like all of those Nazis were going around and killing everyone. Okay. And like taking all the loot and stuff. So the premise was like that's all it's going to be. It's going to be a cyclical hell for all of them to just suffer in. And then realize this sucks ass. Maybe I should stop doing this. Yeah. And it's like I like that of not don't remove them from the game because then they'll get angry and shout about it online. Yeah. Just, no, just make them all suffer and quit because they hate the experience of playing with. Or the like-minded people. Yeah. Well, speaking of like whining about stuff online, because when I mentioned this, as I said, it went um, a little bit viral. I got like some feedback to it where I was asked, um, "Is this similar to Ricky Gervais?" And do you know anything about Ricky Gervais? How he is online? Is he similar in a way to John Cleese, where he's like he's constantly bitching about being cancelled or uh, people being offended by everything? Yeah, like, I know that every, you know, year he kept going to, like, the Golden Globes or whatever and then whining about getting shit for being an obed to people, but yeah, then... Man paid $100,000 to stand in front of the world's media, complains about... Yeah, the fact that they didn't like his jokes or whatever, but the only other thing I know is that you mention every now and then that he, like, just will go onto Twitter or Google or whatever and just look for mentions of him to then yeah. backlash at people. So this is a thing, like, Ricky Gervais, a man who argues, repeatedly has repeatedly gone online to say, like, um, anyone who's too sensitive, like, people today are too sensitive and they seek out offence. Like, mm-hmm. They seek out ways to get offended rather than just ignoring the content that causes them offence. Regularly searches for his own name. And it's very difficult to find examples of this because he um, usually will delete the tweets when right. he gets the backlash. He likes to get the catharsis of people agreeing with him like then, his followers agreeing with him but then when it reaches a wider circle and, and he gets shot on he deletes it and there are countless stories out there of people like i didn't tag him i just mentioned his name and then he responded or he mm. retweeted it which means he's searching his own name and uh the closest we've got like and as i said there's very little proof that he does this except for um like second-hand accounts and this tweet from do you want to read the name of the account there lucas uh Oh, it's at Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and it says... It says he searches his own name, prepare to be blocked. Yes, because uh, he also searches people out, uh, searches out names and then blocks people preemptively. And keep in mind, this is a man who says that people who get offended by stuff should stop seeking... If they don't like my content and they find it offensive, they should stop interacting with it and just ignore it. Yeah. He seeks out people saying he's not funny to block them ahead of time. God. 
It's, it's almost like, like he's projecting his own insecurities onto others. Yeah, it, it does seem like it. And I will defend the act of preemptive blocking all day long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I do it all the time of just, oh, click on a tweet. Oh, yeah, this is something that's going to, like, have horrible like, replies. So I'll just, for the 30 seconds that I can mentally handle it, go down a few responses and go, oh, that person's a horrible person, block. Yeah. That person's a horrible block. And then you just see every now and then, of like somebody online will tweet like, "Oh God, I've never even interacted with this person and they've blocked me." It's like, yeah, because they've actively seen you somewhere else and blocked you in advance, so they yeah. don't get your shit. Because that's the one as well. Of um, I the preemptive blocking is one thing, which the searching the own name. Oh yeah, that's what I don't think is a good thing to do at all. Like, and that's what makes it funny as well. Of like he has gone on stage and talked about how if you're offended by something you don't like it just don't interact with it and then he'll actively seek out stuff he doesn't like and yeah and he constantly when he was doing things at like the golden globes he's like well people are all too sensitive and they should just like not say anything if they get offended by my jokes or you shouldn't be offended by what i say at all um, and uh, the other thing he does as well and this is the saddest one this is what makes it really sad is if you just tweet out anything about the office because he also searches for The Office. Right. And he'll periodically yell at people who say the American version of The Office is funnier. Which or it is. tell people, I don't care because I got paid this much money for being an executive producer. And keep in mind, these people don't tag him. Which means he's searching out people shitting on The Office. Like, to yell at the, to tell them he doesn't care about their criticism because he got paid for it. But doesn't that sound like he cares it actually It sounds like he cares so much. And I really respect the move of... Well, I got paid. I don't give a fuck what you think. But, but he clearly gives so much of a shit that he's actively searching people to, you know, dunk on by saying it. It's like, you're so put hurt about it. And that's the thing, because I know someone out there is like, well, Cal, don't you do this? Didn't you mention earlier you did this exact thing? And here's the thing. All of that is people directly respond. I, I, when I respond to weirdos online, mm-hmm. they are in direct messages to me. They are people who've tagged me online or DM'd me, or interacting directly with content that I view. Mm-hmm. They are not people that I seek out, with the exception of that weird subreddit, which is I get sent links to that from fans who oh, do cool fact the fiends. unofficial fact fiend subreddit that is just there to, like, call you an asshole, basically. Yeah, because when people Google um, uh, fact fiend Discord or fact fiend uh, subreddit, they'll get that, mm-hmm. and I get sent links to that from fans. And just every time I see it, I burst out laughing. And it's still that one person from like two years ago just telling everybody that you're an asshole. Yeah, I've got a couple of friends who frequent that because they find it amusing. Like for me, it's not. It's just like it's weird to me. At first, I thought it might be amusing, but it's the fact that every post about you is then frequented by like two people and it's just the same shit over and over because like when you mentioned it i was like oh i'll check it out and then i just noticed it's like two people who dedicate their time to just going into every single post and going like carl's a horrible person yeah and it just gets real old real fast that's the difference like the vast majority of it is directed towards me like Mm -hmm. he actively seeks it out while simultaneously telling people who seek out his content to criticize it well if you don't like it you don't have to watch it you don't have to view it. You can just ignore it. Like, or telling people that he doesn't care. And it's like, you clearly he, care. He cares. The, he's got the big most care yeah. about all this stuff, which is why he's so insecure about it. Does that mean now Ricky Gervais is going to hunt us down? He might do, because I did mention his name. It's yeah. like known that um, if you want to oh criticize God, Carly's him. in the window. <laughs> <laughs> just there, like... 
It's like to a point where it's known online if you want to criticize him or say like the office, do not write it out loud. Right. Yeah. Because he will search for it and he will find it and he might yell at you. And um, there are stories from like journalists and stuff of like, yeah, I wrote a thing about him not being funny at the Golden Globes or reviewed one of his films poorly. Mm. And he like CC'd my boss in a like a tweet to try and get me in trouble. Like he tries to get journalists fired for saying he's not funny by saying it's unprofessional and stuff. It's like, do you know what this seems like to me? It seems like Ricky Gervais is trying to cancel people he doesn't agree with. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I've been to some of his stand-ups and found them funny, but like hearing all that side of things, I'm just like, oh, uh, okay, well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's where you get yeah. the legendary quote from uh, Frankie Boyle, who um, is a known supporter of many liberal issues, but he's misunderstood as like an offensive he's probably the most famous offensive comedian but mm-hmm. he tells offensive jokes um, which is I think in the only real way you can which is from a place of understanding and he does tell his jokes to shine like hold a mirror up mm-hmm. to stuff and um, like he is a very vocal supporter of gay rights trans rights um, just minorities in general because he understands like the plight that they're going through and he uses his jokes to highlight this yeah, instead of like, to punch down you know to clarify people's lives matter yeah and he has a quote when he was asked about uh, Ricky Gervais just being like a shithead towards trans people. So he said, and I quote, I mean, look, we know Ricky Gervais is a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant writer. He's not a stand-up comedian. Just because Ricky Gervais self-identifies as a stand-up comedian, am I supposed to say that he is one? It's political correctness gone mad. He then <laughs> continued, um, um, I know that he's an avid supporter of the animal rights charity, Peter. I would like for him to have the same respect for trans people that he seems to have for animals. I don't think that's a lot to ask. Fair. And yeah. then you have just one more thing on Ricky Drake, this is really funny, where he I want to try and find the tweet he put out, which was so embarrassing, he deleted it. Right? And that's the thing. He says that he doesn't care what people think about him, but he deletes tweets that get dunked on mm-hmm. or made fun of. Yeah. And that's one of those things where, that's so funny. And you know who it sounds like? It sounds a lot like J.K. Rowling. Where there's so many tweets that I've seen of like people making statements, like fake statements about Harry Potter lore and stuff. Oh, and she'll like and she'll directly message them and be like, "This is not true," or like delete the tweet and stuff. And then it's just like I've seen a few of them are just like, "Lol, no." Yeah, I can tweet what I want and yeah. make jokes. She will actively. There's even once where she got someone to because uh, she very infamously made a tweet once where she talks about how. Uh, people were sending pun. She ignored people sending uh, pornography to underage fans in her mentions. That's something she said. She said it once. She tweeted it out. The tweet still exists. Um, you can find screenshots of stuff of it online. And uh, someone just once, I think they put, a, they just posted that picture online without context, mm. and she got them sued. Like she sort of took off the like, you know, this is like it's, like, it's your words. It's a picture <laughs> of your tweet, and she threatened them to take it down and issue an apology. It's like, you put it out on a public platform. What? We have it here. Um, where Ricky Gervais, a few days ago, tweeted out, if you're offended by the things I say, try to imagine the things I think. And then someone <laughs> just retweeted that saying, Ricky Gervais once wrote a movie where no one had ever lied and the world was exactly the same, except there was no religion and advertising was rude, uh, ruder. What, wonders, or what universe of wonders must be trapped in that man's skull? And he deleted the tweet. <laughs> and then like a couple of um, uh, 
uh, an hour later when people were laughing at me for deleting it was saying, oh, no, 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 um, I dele- does anyone else, here we go, am I the one who deletes any tweet with a slight typo in it? Oh, uh, right. So he's like, no, no, it had a typo in it. And the thing is, people are like, I can't see the typo in his tweet. It's yeah. just a bad one. Like, and that's the thing, he got made fun of so much for trying to be like, oh, look how, like, if you think I'm this bad now, imagine what's in my mind. I was like, everything you've wrote is terrible. <laughs> everything you've wrote is just, you hate religion, we get it. Mm. It's like, um, funny though, that you mentioned just the typo thing, because have you seen what Twitter's doing? Uh, they put an edit button in. Uh, no, so you can pay a subscription, I think it's like £2.99 a month or something along those lines, to get Twitter blue. And Twitter okay. Blue lets you edit your tweet. But it lets you edit your tweet for 60 seconds after you've sent it. Which means, if you just look at your draft tweet for 60 seconds and edit it, you're saving yourself that £2.99 a month or whatever. That we're adding the undo button. That well, You're not. You're adding it for 60 seconds, which is something I could just look at my phone yeah. for. I think the easiest way and pretty much the only way they could ever add an edit button in would be to, uh, because the worry is that you could put, I retweet if you love cookies, and they're doing like, retweet if you like don't think the Holocaust happened. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a bunch of people doing that. It's like, all you need to do is, if you edit your tweet, just have all of your, undo every retweet and like that was on it until it got edited. Yeah, like, it, all they need to do is have it as like, click here to see previous versions. Or even or no, like, just undo the retweets and likes because you don't want to have the previous versions if, like, if, like I say, it's something that dire. But mm. just one last thing. I'd like, have you ever seen that actual promo image for one of his tours, Ricky Gervais? Oh, no, the actual promo image Ricky Gervais did for a magazine spread once. No. That he designed, thought of, conceptualized, and um, signed off on. Okay. What's the atheist on his chest? Yeah. In blood. Yeah. So it's him, you know, posing like Jesus Christ with a microphone stand as like the the cross, the cross, and then him with like it's a bit faded, but it's like as he got the, the, the thorns, rope, yeah. the crown of thorns, the crown of thorns, and then blood spell atheist across his chest. Yeah, like he wants to be persecuted so bad. Like he's one of those. Like Joe, that he talks about people looking to get offended. Like. He's the opposite where he wants to be persecuted. He he's, wants it he's so looking bad. to get called out, and that's exactly he, what he, he did he with shit it. like the Golden Globes. Yeah, he wants it because he needs to feel like he wants he's the being attacked. Yeah, because he knows deep down he knows you are a white multi white straight multi millionaire punching down on people who got it way way worse than you, mm-hmm. and he doesn't like it because it makes him I, that's what he makes him feel bad. So he has to, he, he wants to feel like he's being attacked. Because he yeah. needs it. And it's, it's like, so funny. I'm sure back in the day when he was like right in the office. Yeah, yeah You know, the UK less funny one. Um, he, he was like the that. underdog. He gets so mad at that. Yeah. And it's one of those things of just, obviously, I do think there's some level of funniness in the office, like the UK one, but... It was a show entirely carried by a secondary cast. Like he's was. the worst part of the office. And <laughs> It's just cringe humour, and I don't think cringe humour, like, you know... It's not as timeless it, now. It's not timeless, and it, it hasn't aged very well. No. Whereas... It's also not funny. Like, the US office is low-hanging fruit, but it's still better than 
just watching people cringe on screen for yeah. 20 minutes at a time. It's like, as well, you can really see... Do you know when they say, like, um, people play themselves? Mm. There's, like, you can see glimpses of Gervais's actual personality and humour coming through, like, the one bit in the American office where his character appears, and the first thing he does is just be immediately racist. Yeah. Because, like, and it's like, oh, no, I'm playing a character who's, uh, you know, he's, he thinks he's funny, but he's not. So he relies on, like, you know, bad racist humour. He goes... You, you're a comedian and you make bad, like, bigoted jokes. Yep. What's the difference here? And then it's, like, the only real part of Michael Scott that stuck that was, like, the unfunny offensive bit was those, like, like offensive characters. And you can see that that's, like, built off, the Gervais. like, David Brent, which is built off Ricky Gervais. And, and they, like, really tone it down in later seasons. Yeah, they really realise yeah. it makes Michael Scott fundamentally unlikable. Well, like, one of the first episodes of like one of the episodes in the first season is like that one where he offends kelly and she like slaps him because he's doing a horrible racist impression it's like oh yeah we cannot have this guy be our main character no no one's gonna like him no and they had to fundamentally just change that character for season two and if anyone hasn't really like watched the office again just watch like a couple episodes of season one and then look at season two and beyond yeah and that is a different man yeah he's a completely different character yeah um because like just some of the little things as you can see it bleeding in it's the uh, the david brent thing of just so much of the humor is rooted in being like I, I i struggle to say he's being a bigot because he's just being ignorant but ignorance is no excuse but he's being like actively offensive. He's not. It's not just ignorance. Yeah, and it's the instant he's called out, he he turns it back. It's like when Stanley tells him to shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. and he's like, "That was a hate crime." It's like it's not a hate crime. It's like well, it was a crime, and I hated it. It's like you're just a child. Mm-hmm. You just don't like that you were told now. And you know, thank God that they realized how early on how like horrible that character is because I don't think it would have made it past like season two or three without. Um, yeah, make him into more of like a child. Yeah, they made him into like a likable child, not like a petulant, ignorant, racist child. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's a an interesting um, kind of like character study, that one. And similarly, when they realise that like Andy Bernard is a horrible person and he's... doesn't work in the office and then he like, they go through a complete character rewrite and he's basically a different character. That's the thing, I... I find myself in like I did a rewatch recently it was in the background mm-hmm. and I liked his character more the second time I watched it because the first he's like he's really weaselly like he's right, like yeah. when he's coming in and he's like he's been like a yes man mm-hmm. which we've all met those people at work of like just agreeing with the boss yeah but the part that made me like change my mind on liking the character is when he has the he has the outburst because he's angry mm-hmm and it's caused by Jim playing a prank on him. And they have that twice, don't they? Where Jim plays a prank on him and he completely flips the fuck out. Yeah. When he puts so is it his stuff in Jell-O? Uh, yeah, when he does like the stapler in Jell-O. Or he does like his calculator in the, the Jell-O instead of it. And he completely flips the fuck out. And they have that moment. And he look, Jim looks at the camera like, I don't know why this man is pissed off that I took his personal property and ruined it. Yeah, and then he like slumps down in his chair and does that like, oh God, like it wasn't me kind of look. It's like, yeah, and then you did a, you know, an even more infuriating prank on the same person, expecting it to have a funny consequence. But the part of the episode that really got me, uh, it's like the one where he hides his phone. Mm-hmm. He hides his phone, 
he gets pissed off and you can and he's getting really exasperated. So like, I want to say like, um, it's the actor now, it's his name. He's um, going to annoy me now because he's a really good actor. Ed Helms. Ed Helms. He's really fucking good in that role because when he starts getting exacerbated because he can't find his phone, mm-hmm. you can see like he's at his limit. He's like, yeah. just tell me where my phone is. I, I need to know. So maybe it's in the roof. And it's supposed to be played off as like he's being unreasonable. It's like, why would my phone be in the roof? I just want my phone back. Yeah. And he punches through the wall. He apologi- He realises straight away he's fucked up. And he apologises and he leaves. Mm-hmm. But they have a shot like a moment later where it's um, Jim and Pam talking about it and they're laughing about him having the outburst. Yeah. Like, yeah, did you see him? He went so crazy. It's like, you drove a co-worker to have a mental breakdown and are now laughing about it. Yeah, it really just paints Jim and Pam in like a horrible light that episode because the the true thing like the the true reaction should have been if they're decent people to be like holy shit what have we done to this guy like we have driven him absolutely fucking crazy and we should back down oh we should go apologize at the very least yeah yeah but that should be a teaching moment for Jim no, he like, laughs about it. Maybe not everybody can take the shit that you give Dwight because Dwight's meant to be this insane person. And but it's like... The yeah. specific moment of their stood there in the corner giggling about it and they're laughing. It's like, did you see how crazy he went? It's like, yeah, no, he's probably going to get fired for that. And they're like going like that under the... Like, teehee, we cause a, a co-worker to have a mental breakdown yeah. because he just wanted to be liked because he's fundamentally like uh, just a very insecure person. And... That moment really pulls them off as being like the bullies of the office. They are, yes. And I don't necessarily think they always are. Um, Moments like that. In that episode, because they wanted to rewrite the character and give him a reason to change, flip out and change, yeah, they, they did it for those kind of purposes. And then they have the bit as well where he comes back and he says, I've got anger management. You know, uh, I, I, yeah. you know what anger management is? That's a step. He acknowledged that he had faults and he went and he was proactive. Although... He does straight away immediately go like, "I don't need anger management. I'm going to yes man my way out of it as quickly as possible." Yeah. Showing that realistically, he didn't necessarily learn the lesson. But that yeah, supposed to. But he did make the step that a lot of people can't make of admitting that he's got a problem and trying to fix it. And the first thing he does when he comes back to the office is he says to Jim, "Look, he apologizes for his behaviour." Yeah. That's the thing. First of all, he apologizes because he had an outburst that Jim caused. Mm-hmm. He apologizes to Jim and he tells him to his face, look, um, I'm going to go by a different name now. I feel like I need a fresh start. And Jim's response to hearing, can you please call me by this other name? No. Yeah. Straight away, just no. It's like, I'm making a very reasonable request. James, I want to be known by a name other than the one you call me. James, can you call me by this other name? No. Yeah, and it's just why it's for no other reason than he's being a petty asshole, mm-hmm. and that made me realize like that what a dickhead. Yeah, the more you rewatch The Office, the more you realize that like, yeah, Jim's a knobhead like fifty percent of the time. Like, yeah. he is put across as like you know the nice guy and the romantic one and stuff, but it's when you realize that like, no, he never communicates with his wife. He bullies his coworkers. He's petty as fuck, as you said. It's like, yeah, Jim's not necessarily a great guy. No, and then they have like a great moment with Andy later in the season where it's uh, Craig Robertson, Daryl. Yeah. He's like, why'd you pass me over for the promotion? He just breaks it down. Look, you're not good at your job. You've got no drive. You've got no motivation. 
like you were offered a chance to do this, 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 and this. You didn't do any of it. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he shows himself to be really competent and good at his job. He just doesn't like confrontation, like Michael Scott. Yeah. And it's like, oh. So I, I liked his character. And I end up hating Jim so much more. Like that moment where they're laughing, we caused a co work to have a mental breakdown. Tee hee, tee hee. Did you see? I think he really hurt himself when he drove his fist through the drywall mm-hmm. out of sheer frustration that we were directly responsible for. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Like, um, it's it probably important to note that they hide his phone, they ring his phone, he like hears his phone going off and starts kicking off. They don't stop. Yeah, they they see the situation. It's multiple phone calls. Yeah, they see the situation escalating and keep escalating. They could have just said, "Look, it was a joke. I'm really sorry. We took it too far." Your phone's didn't in the realize you'd get so offended by this or so frustrated by it. Yeah, your phone's just there. And they could have stopped any moment, and they don't. Or even after, like, you know, he drives his fist through the wall, they could have gone and explained to the boss. Yeah. And they don't. They hide. It's like, look, yeah, maybe you should get this guy some anger management because he's got issues, but it was our fault. Don't fire him. Yeah, because that's not a reasonable thing to expect. You don't expect when you're at work people to take. As he, he says in the episode, it's my personal property, and you've taken it. It's fucking mine. Give it back. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't expect when you're at work for people to just take your stuff and hide it. No. I'd be pissed off if someone did it. Like his reaction is merely an overreaction, but it's understandable. Of, yeah. You took my stuff, I want my stuff back. Because when he, he first reacts, like Andy is in the right at that point. Yeah. When he's like, this is a very frustrating situation, please give me my phone. When he then punches a fucking wall and screams at people, then he's gone way too far. But at the same time... I probably get if I was in the set I don't know what I'd do if I was at work because mm-hmm. I remember being a couple of times at work where they have told the story of my boss took my phone or tried to take my phone off me yeah and I was like no I can't imagine if like my while I was away like one of my co-workers snatched my phone and then okay where is it because like, that's the thing it's happened like you know, and you can see the situation unfolding in your head can't you like okay where is it alright okay the, the joke's done now but I really need it back mm-hmm. and then it escalates and it's like, there's like three points in that conversation that like, you get more pissed until you get to like now give it fucking back yeah. and then it's like whoa whoa there's no need to be like that it's like you could have ended it any point up to this thing but now mm-hmm. clearly me escalating to this point is the only way I want to get a reaction and it's always those kind of people isn't it Have like, oh it's only a joke and it's like but it wasn't funny you could clearly tell that it wasn't a joke to me <laughs> also it wasn't funny yeah Oh, and it comes full circle. Sometimes things just aren't funny. They just annoy people. They just annoy and or upset people. But yeah, that scene, I hated it. And I rewatched it like twice. Because I'm pretty sure. Because I I mentioned it to my girlfriend. She's watched all the office as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it's not that bad. I was like, it really is. And we rewatched it. It's like, they're giggling in the corner like children. Mm -hmm. And they leave him out to dry. And he gets in trouble for it. It's like, oh, no. And to clarify, yeah, as I said, he should like, still get in trouble yeah. for it. Also, but... yeah, we know it's a TV show, yeah. but it's presented as like an elevated version of reality. It is presented as a documentary. Yeah, a mock, like you know, in a mocking, like in a mocking way. Yeah, it's sort of mockumentary, obviously, but those people are meant to be realistic people. Also, as well, um, people continually um, hold Jim and Pam up as examples of one a good couple and two good people. When they're neither, I will admit. You know, they do a good job um, in, like, the last couple of episodes of, like, they ended that show very well and gave yeah. everybody a way less abrasive version of themselves. and With the exception of Catherine Tate's character, who steals a baby. Do you remember she steals a baby? Yeah. And 
baby you know, stealing like that. I didn't expect she the steals a baby that, that Ryan then abandoned. Ryan has abandoned. Yeah, but stealing a baby. Yeah, stealing babies. But Carl, she says, if anyone wants to know where the baby is, find it in Eastern Europe. Yeah, but they know the where she is. Carl. Clear that, that baby Clearly. has a mother. Uh, yeah, but I think Brian said he got dumped on the baby dumped on him by the mother. Oh no, because you know people never change their mind about stuff like that. <laughs> now, that's like the start of a fucking crime show of like woman steals baby. Well, last thing, three days later, when realistically Ryan realizes he's made a mistake with Kelly again, yeah, and he's like, he's probably he's, gonna be like, "Where's my baby? Where's my baby?" My ex is like biting down my door, and he's like, "And the thing is, though, when someone asks, where's my baby?'" The answer of "I don't know." Doesn't normally fly. You <laughs> <laughs> I, I left him at a farm. <laughs> Does that then might make Dwight responsible like, for that's, the baby? That's one of like the most infuriating moments like of an ending of a series where it's like she steals that baby. So you can just like like you said, you just fast forward a couple days, extrapolating from what we already know about these characters, and you know that shit's gonna go down. Of like she stole my fucking child. Yeah, someone's going to jail. Mm-hmm. But a child has disappeared. It's like, but they give like the you know the good conclusions to the quote unquote good characters. Yeah, and I don't think like Ryan or Kelly or is it Nelly as well? Nelly, yeah, Ryan, Ryan, Kelly, and Nelly. I don't think any of those have ever been portrayed as like meant to be good characters. But, whereas, yeah, that, like, you know, Jim and Michael and Dwight have been portrayed as. You are meant to see these as like you're meant people. to like, but that idea of like just stealing a fucking baby, I was like, how did they think this was a good <laughs> idea? Like, this is a, a life that they're taking. Uh, but again, I think you know that sums up her character quite well. Of just, I want, I want it. I'm having. I it. want it. I'm my yeah. fucking baby. <laughs> like this has been wild. This has been like episode one. We didn't talk at all about anything in regards to like hundred or numbers. Yeah. So how do you feel that? we've done 100 episodes. I feel great. I, do you know what? I look forward to doing this for as long as it makes me money. It doesn't and make and by, money, by this, I mean like making content online. Like so, this podcast know, doesn't make you money, Carl. So I appreciate it. But... So let's just end on like, you know, a reflection of our like, you know, respective careers online. Um, I think I've accomplished something that is I can look back on and be proud of. The pandemic, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but... I think it's fair to say it's taken it, not the wind out of the sails because I think just as the pandemic started at the very peak of our growth and the pandemic yeah. has um, uh, it stalled and petered that growth but with the changes in YouTube's algorithm and the success of similar channel or the um, continued lack thereof of other channels like I used today I found out as an example not to dunk on but because I know how things work behind the scenes there and I worked with them for many years you look at their videos where they've got three and a half million subs and they're getting the same views as we do. Mm -hmm. I think we managed to weather the storm of YouTube changing what it presents to people quite well. And we still have a very dedicated audience and still got some fans out there who want to pose for photos with me. Yeah. Yeah, and like, it's one of those weird things of we have to talk about the the finality of aspects of YouTube, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're doing our best and we're trying to keep things fresh and we're also out there doing other things. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Like, even if I'm not doing specifically this in a couple of years, this has laid the groundwork for what I'll probably do for the rest of my life. Mm. And for that, I'm, I'm proud of it, what I've done. And I'm happy um, to look at the body of work I've created and the foundations I've built for the rest of my life. I'm like, this is pretty solid. I can do something with this. Yeah, and you've spent 
the entire time I've known you building these foundations. So Hell fucking yes. You so, fucking earned it. So thanks to everyone who's listening. Cheers and here's to another hundred. Hell yeah. Actually, no, don't say that because I might get pissed off. <laughs> so, here's to as many more as we want to do. That's true. And you got anything you want to plug? Because I'll just go uh, message the missus. Uh, yeah, sure. You can just find me doing gaming oh. content on Twitch and YouTube and that's uh, Legend of Kanto and then you can check Hi. me out on socials or like Kanto Legend underscore. You can Google Carl Smallwood's Five Master.